1: That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1098, How Many Cars Will I Own? by Ellen Massicotte of freetopursue.com. And I am Dan. I'm your host and narrator of this show, bringing you some of the best blogs on personal finance in audio form. And today's author is also narrated on Optimal Living Daily. She writes about a wide range of subjects, so you can find more of her articles narrated over on that podcast. But since you're here, let's get right to today's post here on Optimal Finance Daily as we start optimizing your life. How Many Cars Will I Own? By Ellen Massicott of freetopursue.com I was rereading the book Your Money or Your Life recently and two of its passages brought me back to my mid-twenties. Quote, other people's expectations don't make you buy stuff. TV does not make you buy stuff. Your thoughts make you buy stuff. Watch those suckers. They're dangerous to your pocketbook and to a lot more, end quote. And this one, quote, quality of life often goes down as standard of living goes up. There is a peak to the fulfillment curve. Spending more after you've reached the peak will bring less fulfillment, End quote. Back then, I was thinking of how many times I'd get the opportunity to experience that new car smell and still be young enough to really enjoy a high-performance car. Given I'd been brought up with the understanding that we should buy a car every five years or so, and cars of increasing luxury as our expanding means permit, I had every expectation that I'd own a car about every five years. The rationale for buying every five years was in part based on the fact that it had been drilled into me that cars are reliable until the five-year mark or so, and that it was better to replace it for a new one than to face expensive repairs. And with car loans averaging four and a half years or so in the 1990s, it seemed obvious to me that I'd have enough for somewhat of a down payment before buying the next one. Yeah, that was the extent of my financial savviness, that and paying off loans a little early. The true cost of depreciation hadn't sunk in yet. How many cars? Here's what the calculation looked like for me in my early 20s. 70 years old minus 20 years old divided by five years of ownership equals 10 cars. I'd only own 10 cars in my lifetime, a baker's dozen if I was lucky. Thus far, I'd owned a blue Geo Metro and a black Ninja 250 motorcycle and still owned a Smokin' Joe CBR 600 F3 motorcycle and a silver Honda Civic Coupe Sport. My then-boyfriend, now Mr. F2P, owned a black Isuzu pickup truck he'd bought used from his brother and an old Yamaha motorcycle. And I was well on my way to owning a Honda Pilot, which we bought without negotiating, which happened at around the apex of my stupidity. It was the worst car I've ever bought, and I regretted it for the, you guessed it, five years I drove it. During this time, my husband bought a Dodge diesel long box truck, which he bought, used, and sold after five years of ownership when he realized he didn't need such a large and expensive vehicle anymore. He was much smarter with money than I was. So, why the Honda Pilot? With my swanky new job in corporate Canada, I felt we needed to drive a status car, black, of course, and it was the first of only ten cars in my lifetime. I had to make the purchase count. That was an expensive decision, and not having researched the purchase properly, it was the wrong car for us for five years. My thinking was distorted. The word only was guiding my car purchasing decisions. My thoughts revolved around limitations, scarcity, want versus need. I felt that if I'd only own 10 cars in total, they'd better be the best I can afford because there would be so few. I also had bizarre thoughts around the potential to make enough money to own two at a time, a status car and a fun car, like the car-motorcycle combo I maintained for a while. What? And this type of thinking wasn't relegated to car purchases. I was thinking about homes, vacations, and all sorts of other stuff. I'd even thought of how quickly I could use up things in order to get new things so that I could experience new as often as possible. Is it any surprise that with this type of thinking being so prevalent, throwaway fashion is on the rise? The book, Your Money or Your Life, was right. As my standard of living increased, I got lost in thoughts of stuff and my quality of life did go down dramatically. That's what happens when thoughts of how many cars I'll own in my lifetime replaces wondering about how many quality relationships I'll have, how many great unexpected experiences I'll encounter, or how many moments of joy I'll get to share with those I care about most. I got lost in the idea of accumulation which left my head in a perpetual state of future thinking, which makes me wonder how I could really appreciate what I had in the present. I didn't pay attention to what mattered and lost part of myself in the process. Luckily, it didn't last long. And my quality of life suffered as a result. Misery is a great friend when it chooses to give you a wake-up call. We sold the SUV, and I replaced it with alternate modes of transportation to get to work, including my feet, my bike, and public transportation. And I started to care less about the newest status bling of choice and more about what freedom could afford us. We did get another vehicle eventually. In November 2011, we bought a 2009 Rav Sport for about 21,000 Canadian. I still ask the same question. How many cars will I own? But now I ask it wondering how long this set of wheels will last as opposed to how soon we can trade it in for a new toy. We're now in our sixth year of ownership of this ride, and we're looking forward to another five years with her, if not more. How quickly life changes when the meaning of how many is flipped on its head. You just listened to the post titled, How Many Cars Will I Own? by Ellen Massicott of freetopursue.com.
0: If you've been using Mint to manage your finances, I've got some bad news. Mint is shutting down. But now for the good news and keep it all reliable with on-time ground shipments. It's time to turn shipping to your advantage. Learn how at usps.com advantage. USPS Ground Advantage. Simple, affordable, reliable.
1: And that is going to do it for another edition of Optimal Finance Daily. Hope you have a happy Thursday and thanks so much for being here with me each and every day. And listening all the way through, and I'll see you back here tomorrow for The Friday Show, where your optimal life awaits.